You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. And now I would invite you to stand as you're able for our gospel reading, which comes from Mark's gospel in the first chapter. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Be seated. Well, the summer that I turned 13 was the best of times, and it was the worst of times. My family moved that winter, and for four months, my mother drove me back to my old school so that I could finish out the year. In those days, we didn't have middle school. We had first through seventh grade, and then high school was eight through 12. So she was going to let me finish the year with my friends, But when high school began, I was going to be in a new place, surrounded by unfamiliar faces, and for the very first time in my life, I was gonna be the new kid in school. Well, in case some of you don't remember and some of you have never had the experience, being a 13-year-old girl is difficult even if your family doesn't move. It's what I would call the age of drama. A lot of arguing with parents, a lot of crying at the drop of a hat. When I looked in the mirror, I could barely recognize the person that was staring back at me. And my peers at that point were mostly disembodied voices at the other end of a dial-up telephone. I needed to find a way to hold my world together. And so I decided that I would head for some water. 
Every morning that summer, I packed a lunch. I gathered up a vinyl shower curtain, an old quilt, a transistor radio, which in case you don't know, was a musical device from the olden days. And I got a book and I set off for this patch of sand beside the creek that was near to our new home. I spent all day there most days, reading, taking a nap, listening to the sound of the water as it flowed over the rocks, and thinking about what would be ahead of me. By Labor Day, I was ready to leave the creek and re-engage with the world. But I was a different person in September than I had been in June. You see, going to that water changed me. Like a baptism, it set me on a new path. And to this day, Richard can vouch, whenever I feel stressed or even slightly overwhelmed, my very first instinct is to find my way to some water. It's the place where I can see myself the most clearly, where I can relax the most easily, where I can let go of things that I can't control. It's a kind of glue for me that puts a fragmented self back together. Or to say it another way, I have a very deep and very abiding love for the saving quality of water. For Christians, the story of our faith is really a story of water. And we share it with one another every time that we baptize one of God's children. You heard some of the words this morning. When nothing existed but chaos, God swept across the water and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, God saved the people on the ark through water. When we were slaves in Egypt, God freed us through the sea. In the fullness of time, God became one of us, nurtured in the water of Mary's womb. So in baptismal water, we have the opportunity to become one with Christ, symbolically dying and rising as we make ourselves available to be shaped, to be molded by the power of the Holy Spirit. None of us is really quite sure how it works, but we claim it all the same. You know, in many ways, that summer by the creek was a very difficult passage to navigate. And it was the depth and the difficulty of that experience that makes it so vivid in my memory and so meaningful for me now. Going to that water day after day, June, July, August meant giving up the only me that I had ever really known and reaching out to grab hold of something that was new. And it was strange. It was a little like a baptism, mysteriously meaningful.
And in order to receive that gift, there were some fond and familiar things that I had to set aside. I remember that creek bank as a very quiet place. Lying alone on that tattered quilt that at this point in time resides on the guest bedroom at one of my children's homes, it was a little bit like being wrapped up in a cocoon. But looking back, I know that God was with me in the water of that creek. God was helping to bring order to chaos, shaping me into a person who could ride that flood of change and arrive like a new creation in autumn's promised land. And God is still with me whenever I retreat to the water, whether I go literally or whether I go metaphorically. In times of turmoil, in times of tiredness, sometimes even in times of fear, God is with me in the water. Water invites me to remember who I am in the midst of all the things that I can't control. God, the water invites me to remember the fullness of tomorrow might very well depend on my willingness to let go of today, to reach out for God's gift of something that's brand new. You know, for those of us that number our days according to the church calendar, this is Baptism Sunday. You've probably figured that out by now. It's that day every year when we hear one more time the story of Jesus' baptism as he went down to the River Jordan. And there are a whole lot of questions that we could ask about that passage. We could say, why in the world did Jesus need to go be baptized? Why John? But at the end of the day, those questions, while they may be interesting, don't really help to move our connection with Jesus' baptism forward. So for me, this is a text that reminds us that we gather as Christians not because of our strengths, not because of our goodness, but because we share a common baptism. This is our birthing ritual. It's the means and the sign of grace that delivers us from isolation and puts us in a sacred relationship with God and with one another. Baptism is what allows us to know ourselves as siblings in Christ. It calls forth the church it makes us into a people that are set aside to be a sacrament and a blessing to others, just as the sacrament of baptism is a blessing for us. But the journey to the water is still a difficult path if we take it seriously. 
The Apostle Paul explained it this way to the church at Rome. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We were buried with him by baptism unto death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God, we too might be raised into newness of life. There's movement in those words. Rising only follows dying. We can't catch hold of the future if we're not willing to release the past and the present. Or to say it another way, we have simply got to get wet before we can know the new creation. Now, it's really important for us to guard against too much literalism here, as if this water is somehow magic. It isn't. The water is just the outward and the visible sign of what we Methodists call the inward and spiritual grace that is God's life-changing love. You know, I am constantly amazed by how often I think of life in terms of baptismal water. How often I have revisited it, both literally and figuratively, mostly, during the course of my life. I went to that baptismal water the first time as a baby in my mother's arms. She always called it my christening but I knew that it was actually baptism. And while I know that story, I don't have a memory of that experience. So I visited that water again at my confirmation, reflecting on that baptismal moment, asking my parents to tell me about it, and then claiming for myself the promises that a church and my parents had made for me when I was simply a child. I visited it again at my ordination when I said yes to an unexpected and very surprising call to ministry. It was the gift of baptismal water that brought me comfort when my mother died when I needed a way to understand her leaving me at such a young age and wondering what my future was going to be like without her. And I went to the edge of that very same water with every one of my children when it was clear that I did not have the power to offer them grace by proxy. They would have to move into that for themselves. But most of all, I go to that water in my own imagination whenever the world seems that it has become overpowering and I need to remember who I am and who I am called to be and who I am called to become. God speaks to me in the water. God points me to the place where the lost are saved, where slaves are set free, and where chaos 
is ordered. It's the water, the water that binds me to God and to my siblings in Christ. And when I can follow Jesus into that water, then I know that I am going to come out on the other side, washed clean and raised to newness of life. Dying and rising with Christ. It's a little resurrection. I have a friend who calls it a moment of great immensity in an otherwise very measured world. In that resurrection, we celebrate the vastness of God's love, which is incomprehensible because all of our trips to baptismal water will never enable us to understand the depth or the breadth or the height of it all. But when we touch that water, when we just touch it, then we are able to feel the power of God who calls us each by name. As human beings, our capacity to plumb the depths of God and God's mysteries is limited. But God has given us the gift of water. And I will say to you, from my perspective, that most days that God-given water turns out to be exactly what is needed. Amen. Hello, my name is Megan Davis, and I've been invited to lead our prayers of the people today. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with hear our prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we pray for the church body, our East Side family here and scattered across the city. From the beginning, we were made from the face of the deep of water and stardust. You shone a light on our path that led us to this day, this joining with you, and you called us beloved. Lord, help us feel chosen even as we seek you every day. Help us feel your Holy Spirit as we stand at our daily water's edge. Let every choice lead to our baptism, lead to reaffirming that we choose you as you have loved us. Let your love rush through our veins like patience, like peace. Let us be the shores on which we welcome each other to your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for our community and the city of Atlanta. When floods and fires come, many of our neighbors have no safe harbor, so let us be the hands of God who help part through tragedy and make a way out of no way. Let us be their protection and their feast. As we command the chaos inside us, let us command that which howls around our brethren. We can be the rain and the dove and the hands that pull each other from the water. If we are the deluge, help us see that not one of us is spared villainy and all can be salvation. Let us choose the latter every day and in your name. Help us save each other and ourselves. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our country. Let us not give up on its promise, no matter how many times we have seen it broken. God, there is such a seduction in shutting down. When we push back against the great machine we have created, pulling taut the tendons of our bodies until they want to snap, it feels so often as if our efforts are futile and small. Help remind us that you are not small, that we are not small when we coalesce in your name and your spirit, that we have power because of who we are and whose we are. Lord, we are mighty and your children. Help us lift our hands and hearts in remembrance that to love is to act. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for this world. You who have been everywhere the light and dark have touched, continue to travel throughout your creation, embedded in the cells of our bodies and the breath in our lungs. Today you stand at the River Jordan, and to your east and west there is fear and great lament. We pray that the lives we have taken and the chaos we have wrought for our confusion and stupidity we cry out to you, and the river of our bodies here cries out to an ocean, to those an ocean away for forgiveness. We cry out to you for peace. Forgive us, for we know not what we do. Help us break the surface of our own understanding. Guide our hands and feet to walk into the unknown water of our brothers and sisters. Mingle our sorrows and joys as we rush together towards the sea, not knowing where one ends and the other begins. Join us, O Lord, and save our souls. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I would like to invite you to a time of silent confession and meditation. Friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Would you hear this blessing? The Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water in the Spirit, you may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. <coughs> and now our benediction. The homework is just to go and live into the baptism that you've received. Go in the grace and love of God who has created us, God who has redeemed us, and God who will sustain us this day and through the week to come. Amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. 
And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.